0: This is The Vibe Guide. I'm your host and intuitive life coach, Caroline. This is a podcast around sharing inspiration, information, tips and tricks around spirituality, personal development, intuition, and much more. So join me and let's set the vibe. Hi, everybody, and welcome into The Vibe Guide. I'm your host and intuitive life coach, Caroline. This is the very first episode, and I'm so excited. It's kind of crazy when I think about it. I'm like, how am I recording a podcast? This is wild. But I love podcasts. I get so much information from other people's podcasts. I have found my own intuitive life coach that changed my life from listening to a podcast. So I know the power of podcasts. (laughs) So mine is going to be all about spirituality, intuition, personal development, life coaching, giving you just yummy tips and tricks and all the information. What's going on in my life? You guys know I'm a sharer. If you follow me on Instagram, I share too much, but it's all good. I'm going to be sharing my life experiences, stories. So I am just so excited. It's going to be such a way to connect with people, to share journeys, to be vulnerable. And yeah, so the first episode is going to all be all about me, <laughs> all about me and my why a little bit. I'm not going to do like a full on deep dive, because I'll probably save that for another episode where I can really pull out a lot of the lessons and pull out tips and tricks and stuff like that to give you guys solid information. But this is going to be kind of a general of how I became an intuitive life coach. So first of all, my name is Caroline, but you can call me Carol. I have sweet little nieces and nephews that call me Auntie Carol, and i it's so endearing, and I love it so much. So some of my friends call me Carol, some people call me Caroline, so you can call me either or. I'm from a really small town in Virginia. I'm sure you can probably hear the accent. It's a little Southern. I grew up there, but I always knew I would leave. I always knew that it wasn't for me. And I know that's cliche to say. I know a lot of people, you hear that from people like, I grew up in a small town and I just knew I had to leave. Hollywood was calling. I didn't really feel that. <laughs> but I knew that um, there just was like an inner knowing. And funny enough, I always knew I would live in Europe. So if you don't know now, I live in I live in Europe. So that's, that's where we're headed. So we're starting in the US and we're heading on to Europe. And it's like, well, how did she get there? I'm going to tell you. So... Grew up, didn't quite fit in. You know, I had a great childhood, to be honest with you. Loved my childhood. Loved my high school years. I know most people hate those years, but I, we had so much fun. So, I mean, I fit in enough, right? But deep down, I knew. Like, I wasn't like the classic Southern girl. Was never going to be that. And my family wasn't from that area. You know, I would say my last name. People would be like, who are you? You know, when you grow up in a small town and people know your last name, they know your grandma, they knew your great grandfather, like they, you know, like your whole all the generations of there. So I didn't quite have that. they were like, yeah, we don't know you. (laughs) Which was kind of nice. Actually, it's kind of nice to be that way. But um, my mom is from Ireland. And my dad is American. So that was kind of unique in itself, especially for like Southern America. I think if you live in like Boston, it's a little different. (laughs) First and foremost, before any of this happened to me, right? Before I even went to Europe for all this stuff. I grew up, I am a huge traveler. I caught the travel bug. I mean, I share this story because it's it's where it started. Because, you know, when you're younger, you don't understand like your little point in the world is your world. But I grew up and we had a photo album like bin in the attic. And I just remember anytime I got to go in the attic and go in that bin, it was like, I was just transported. It gives me chills talking about it. I was transported into like another universe, a universe that I wanted to be a part of. I wanted in my life. I wanted this photo bin in my own home when I get older. I want all these amazing stories to look back on. I want my children to see this and see that there's other parts in the world. Like, I just knew that. I mean, probably from when I was like, gosh, I mean, maybe like six or seven years old, I felt that way. I felt just that is number one. Like, I'm going to travel, period. I knew that about my life. Like my parents met in Saudi Arabia. So I grew up knowing that story when I got a little bit older. And I just thought that was so cool and so unique. And just wow, like just like in awe of your parents and how cool they are. And you know, seeing in these pictures of the Middle East and Asia, you know, it wasn't just Europe. It just was like these really exotic, I say exotic because for me they were exotic, all these places. And so that really spurred that bug in me to travel. So you know, I definitely experienced, I'm very lucky to have been able to put that into my reality. And I've traveled a lot of different places in the world, still have a zillion places that I need to get to. And I absolutely will. But kind of leaning into that in college, I decided it was my very first solo trip. And this is kind of where the first bit of mindset work came in for me. So you know, I was kind of walking around the world really oblivious, right? Like kind of in that victim mentality, like, you're just naturally there, I think for a lot of people. Um, And I'll share in another podcast episode when that really switched for me. But when I was in college, I was at Virginia Commonwealth University, I was in my biology class. I'll never forget that class gave me so much anxiety. (laughs) <laughs> it was super hard, but it was a lecture room of like 200 students and they were coming up and down the aisles with these pamphlets. And I was like, what is that? And so I took one and it was international student volunteers. And it was actually, the plan was to go to Egypt. And my number one place when I was little, I had a list of places. My mom bought me like a globe, like one of those, um, what are they called? They probably have a proper name, but you know, they st- sit on a stand and you can spin it around. I don't know what it's called, but it, I don't know. I just called it a globe. <laughs> I had one of those and my very number one first place was Egypt. So once that came, you know, into my world, I was like, oh, well, I'm going. So I saved up my student loan money, which don't tell Sally Mae, because you're not supposed to use that money on anything else besides school. But I saved up (laughs) my student loan money. And that's what, oh, back up. The trip got changed. So we ended up not going to Egypt because I'm pretty sure it was like the Arab Springs at that time. And like it was it turned out to be a big no. So then we went to New Zealand, the trip got changed to New Zealand. and I was like, Oh, like, okay. Okay, I'm here for New Zealand. This is cool. Like, when am I ever going to go to New Zealand? It's on the other side of the world. So I was all in, all in, we left, it was a month long trip. And it was volunteer work for the first two weeks, and then like fun and play for the last two weeks. The trip was a trip of a lifetime. I mean, I cannot even tell you guys. I didn't have one bad memory. I met the most amazing people. New Zealand is just stunning. The people there are amazing. It just left me feeling so alive, so fired up about life. I just, I wanted more and more and more of that, that feeling. And it was so funny because it was the first tip into maybe my mindset being a little wonky was when I was on the plane ride back home from New Zealand I remember thinking, I remember being really fearful. I remember thinking like something bad has to happen to me now because I experienced such joy and such excitement in my life that I really had never experienced up to that point that this plane has to go down. Like you can't have these such like amazing experiences and like all these really good feelings happen and not have something bad happen. Obviously nothing happened. I'm still here talking to you. (laughs) So, but that was a first, like when I look back, I'm like, that was like really the first time that I should have been aware that my mindset wasn't, I had a lot of work to do. Anyways, I ended up getting a degree in psychology. I didn't do a whole lot with that. Fast forward, I had been laid off from a job that I had received. Um, I took that opportunity to go traveling again, went with my best friend, Mark. We went to Thailand again, 10 out of 10 trip a little bit more drama involved in that trip. And I can't find a job. So then really nursing school entered the picture then because I was like, it's job security. I won't have to worry about anyone taking a license from me. You know, you're, I'm always going to have a job. So that's why I picked uh, nursing. And obviously I knew on some level I was put on this earth to like be of service to other people. I knew that because it felt really good. And so, yeah, so I entered into nursing school That was about seven years ago, I think now, eight years ago. Nursing school damn near killed me. And if you're a nurse, you know what I'm talking about. It was... (sighs) Nursing was very intense. It was a very intense time in my life. I can pick out and pull out bits and pieces that I truly enjoyed and truly changed my life now. But when I was in the thick of it, wow. Like, looking back on that nursing care line and how... Angry, I was, and which you would be, honestly. I don't even judge my anger because I think most nurses feel that way. It's constant frustration as soon as you walk in the door. And I don't care how much meditation and how much self work you do, the things that they do to you as a nurse, you would just be ready to pop off on anybody. I don't care if you're the most zen person in the world. So they really pull it out of you, let me tell you. Anyways, I ended up being a staff nurse at um, a hospital for a year. I was like, this is not it. They were making us do mandatory overtime. I was just like, this is a bunch of bullshit, period. And if you worked with me as a nurse, you knew that like that was my attitude. I really didn't come to play. I, at that point, had a lot more. I was really burnt out from nursing school. I didn't even get into nursing before I was burnt out. So I really had no tolerance for anything. So I knew I would leave the standard bedside nursing job. Like I knew it because I was like, You're not going to make me do anything I don't want to do. I put in my 40 hours. I'm not coming in here extra. You've lost your mind. Like that's your problem that you can't staff the hospital. Right. So, yeah, I knew really quickly. So, right out of about a year, I think it was like a year and a couple of days, I put in my notice, gave my two weeks, and I was out. I got a travel nursing job within like two weeks. I had one year experience. Everyone kept telling me, Oh, you need to have more experience. You're not going to get any work. Da, da, da. And I was like, Listen, Who cares what any of you people say? Because if I can't get a job as a travel nurse, guess what? I'll go get a job at another hospital. It's not the end of the world. Who cares? So surely did put in my application and surely did get a job. So that's another lesson for you guys. Don't let anyone tell you anything. Get everyone's opinions out of your brain and do what you know is right for you, period. So I go do that. I get a travel nursing job and head down to the beach in North Carolina and I was so proud of myself. I was like, this is it. I love that job. I love that hospital, everything else, because the first job that I took as a bedside nurse was so freaking intense that every other job that I took at a different hospital was like easy peasy. Like, yes, it was nursing and it was still like draining and taxing, but it was nothing like what I'd experienced as a new grad nurse, nothing. So I flew around to a few different states, did my thing. I truly enjoyed it. I really did. It was, it was taxing and tiring, but I enjoyed the paychecks first of all. Cause let me tell y'all, that was crazy money. And then secondly, it just was, I don't know, I felt like the pressure was a little off. Like it just was like, well, you can fire me at any point. And guess what? I can leave at any point. Like if something's not feeling right. So I just felt more comfortable. I just felt like I'm not locked into anything that I don't want to be a part of. So, nursing was a great experience. It was something that taught me a lot. I credit it with growing my intuition because there was a lot of times as a nurse, and not everyone has this ability. I was shocked as a nurse because people would come to me and they would say, Carolyn, what do you think about my patient? Like, come look at my patient. And I'd be like, oh, a problem, 911. (laughs) No, 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 what's their blood pressure? They don't look well. And go figure it would turn into a disaster. But it's like a lot of people just didn't trust their intuition. They didn't trust their gut. Like they knew something was like off, but they they weren't really paying attention to it. They weren't acting on it. Whereas like I was as a nurse, I was like on it all the time. Like if you looked a hair different than when I saw you 12 hours ago, I was like, mm, 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 mm. what'd y'all do? What's happening? Uh. Uh-uh. Like I was on it. And so I do credit nursing with kind of building up my intuition. I will give nursing that. So right around the end of travel nursing, I had moved back home. I took a job at the local hospital there, which I really loved. It was such a like cozy little, you know, situation. It really was taxing. I will say that for other reasons. But that was around 2021. I moved home. I was seeing someone from that small town. It turned into like a really nasty, ugly, toxic, manipulative, weird situationship. And I was miserable. I was starting to really hate nursing. I was just really unhappy. I was like, I'm back in this small town. I don't want to be here. Like, I just wanted out. I didn't know what was happening. I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, I'm doing all the things I should be doing. And I'm here with this guy who's an asshole. I'm hating my job. And I'm not traveling. I'm not doing the things that I love. Also, it was COVID, mind you. So 2021 COVID, right? So it wasn't like the initial COVID. So I was like, you know what? I need a break. I want to just go chill. International travel was still a little iffy because of COVID. So you had to do a lot of legwork to go international. And I didn't really didn't feel like doing all that. So I went to Hawaii. And I went to Hawaii. I had no idea that that trip would change the trajectory of my life completely. While I was on that vacation, I met this really sweet French guy named Sebastian. <laughs> who would later turn into my boyfriend. That was an interesting story. So I travel, when I travel by myself, I would stay in hostels. So I was by myself and I just was like open to meeting new people. I had, that trip was so crazy. Like I'll have to do a podcast episode just on that trip because when I think back to that trip, it was very interesting for me. So meeting Sebastian, we kind of connected immediately. I think we were both kind of like into each other in that like coy kind of shy way. We're kind of like, hmm. And then it was also like, you're French, I'm American, like, you don't live here, I, like, this is kind of, you know, in my mind, because I had had this before I traveled loads of different places. And I'd had like random hookups with guys at hostels and whatever, you know, just live in life and like, you never speak to those people again. So that was kind of what I was going into this with, because I was still in that, like getting out of that really toxic, icky situationship. And I just was really drained from it emotionally. So I wasn't trying to like jump into anything. But we really enjoyed each other. The conversation was really good. And yeah, I think we just, I don't know. He just went home like two days later, I think it was. And we just stayed in touch. And I had already planned a trip to go to Germany. And so, yeah, we planned time to spend together in France. And actually, actually, I take that back. Because of COVID, it was like such a mess. So it wasn't like so streamlined, like he was supposed to come to Germany. And then I was like, well, let's meet in Spain. And then Spain turned into like a red zone. You remember when they would call it that? It was like green, yellow, red. Oh my God. So then Spain was like a no. So then he was like, well, just come to France. And then I was like, I didn't know if I could get into France because they didn't have their little like health, like COVID passport thing. Like it was like such a mess, to be honest with you. So it was actually a miracle that we even got together. Long story short, ended up in France. It was my first time in France. That was August, 2021. And yeah, we met in Paris. That whole time just brings such a smile to my face. Like it was magical. It was like literally what romance novels are made of. Like I was like, pinch me. This is crazy. Like I'm standing in front of the Eiffel Tower. It's freaking blinking in my face. I'm with this amazing guy. Like very quickly, it moved very quickly. I think we just, I don't know. We were just really wrapped up in it all. And it turned into such a loving, trusting, open relationship within a month. Like it just was really, really, really magical. And we spent so much time in like the northern part of France and drove around, went down to Bordeaux and staying in chateaus and waking up on like with the cows outside the window. And I just fell in love with France. I fell in love with Sebastian. It just... It was really, 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 really a special time in my life. And I'll never, ever, ever forget it. So that happened. And then the relationship took off from there. We did long term for a while. And then we both decided really quickly that long term, or sorry, long distance wasn't really working. Like It was really hard. It's a six hour difference. And I was working night shift as a nurse. And he had a really taxing job. So it just was really hard. And we could tell the connection was like starting to dwindle a little bit. Like it's really hard if you do long distance to keep that emotional connection going. It's really difficult. So we knew really quickly that one of us needed to make a move if we really wanted to see if this would work. So I just volunteered. I was like, absolutely, I'll move to France. Why not? I would love to. And I had an EU passport. I still have an EU passport, obviously because my mom is Irish. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. Like, I don't have to worry about visas and all that stuff. I'm just so blessed and so lucky that I have an American passport and a European passport. I'm just like, I thank God every day for that because it just makes life so much easier for me and I'm able to just go and do. So yeah, we just made the decision and I put in my notice and I worked till the end of the summer and saved up all my money, sold my, well, eventually sold my Jeep, The only thing that is negative about the whole thing is I had to leave my dog behind, my 12-year-old angel, Marley. Oh, my God. That was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. She is just my soul. Like, and it makes me emotional. Y'all get emotional talking about it. She is just my everything. I got that dog in when I was a um, sophomore in college. I adopted her from a shelter in Radford and she's been such a joy and has taught me so many lessons in life like that dog she has no idea how much she means to me like maybe she does maybe she does I don't know but anyways so to leave her behind that just like ooh, that ripped my heart out and people ask me like why aren't you know when are you coming home and I'm like I can't I literally can't because I can't leave my dog like that again I just can't come home obviously if I needed to go home I would and it would be fine but To think about leaving my dog like that again, it just is too painful. It really, truly is. But don't worry, guys. She's like completely spoiled rotten. She's with my mom and my dad and my stepmom. And like, shes they have a new puppy now that she plays with. And like, she is like mom Marley. And is just, she's the best dog in the whole world. And I love her so much. So she's well taken care of. Nobody panic. (laughs) I would never do that to my dog. So anyway, so I left my dog behind, I packed up all my things. I didn't take any furniture or anything. I just took a bunch of clothes, which I now regret that I even took that much. <laughs> but anyway, so I hopped on a plane and moved to France. And little did I know there would be another plot twist waiting for me in France. So how do I describe this? So when I got to France, everything. I think it was a culmination. Like I think it's overwhelming in the sense that it's culture, it's language, the diet. It's a new family that you're trying to get to know. It's not just your boyfriend anymore. It's trying, figuring out how you're going to make friends. It's just everything culminates into one. And then I was also coming off of being a nurse and being a burnt out nurse and working night shift nurse and all these things just, I think, landed on my lap. And when we got to France, I remember I was already really tired. And I was already really overwhelmed by the whole process. But we just kind of kept going. And I remember going to the beach. And I don't know, like, it was lovely. And it was nice. And I just was trying to really enjoy it. But I remember like immediately feeling like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And I mean, that was like within like four days of moving. And I just put off the, that feeling, I put it off as just like everything that I described, like it just was a lot. And yeah, so I just, you know, I tried to do the best that I could. I went and I started taking French lessons and, you know, I was really trying to integrate myself into French culture. I was going out with my ex's friends and, you know, I don't know, but something just deep down didn't feel, it just wasn't feeling right. Right. It just wasn't what I envisioned for myself when I moved to France. And I tried to give myself grace and I tried to do the things to convince myself otherwise, but it just kept coming up in certain ways. And so it was really hard on the relationship. And I think all those things are really hard on a relationship. And then little did I know that I would be in the middle of a spiritual awakening in France all by myself with no idea what the hell is happening to me. France was just such an intense time for me. And it was a lot of emotion. It was a lot of healing that took place. It was a lot of confusion. And the way that I started to sort all my feelings out, I was looking online for a psychic because I do like to see psychics like every six months just to kind of check in and get a pulse on life. And so I remember searching for a psychic and then I just happened to run into a podcast. Her name is Amanda Grace Newell, I think she has her own podcast. She is a psychic. So I was listening to hers and then I ran into someone that she was doing the podcast with Kim Salter, who is an intuitive life. Well, I don't know what she is. She's just an intuitive. She might do life coaching as well. I don't know. But I ran into that. And then I was like, I don't know, I just felt really called to make an appointment with her. So I made an appointment with her. And funny enough, she messaged me and was like, Hi, um, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna have to reschedule you. I'm not really sure how you even got in the books. Like I'm booked out until like, whatever month it was, it was like two months later. She was like, but I'm gonna squeeze you in. I don't really know how this happens. Like, where are you? Because the timing is really different. And I was like, whoa, that's so weird. So it was really divine. Like I really was like in a place that I was really not doing well and I needed help. Um, but I, I knew I didn't need therapy. I knew I just needed something else. I didn't know what. So we figured that out, made an appointment with her. And she still was like shocked. She was like, I cannot believe you got an appointment. Like I, this has to be divine. Like this is why I wanted to meet with you. You know." And I explained my situation to her and just things kind of blossomed from there. I started meditating more. I was just really open to the idea that every psychic I've ever been to has told me that I have psychic ability, period. No one ever told me, like everyone has always told me to pay attention to my dreams, but no one has ever told me to meditate or how to tap into that. No one's ever told me any like how to. And so at this point, I had started meditating and I would started getting visions and uh, Things were starting to happen and I was like, holy moly, I don't know what this is. And at the same time, I was dealing with a lot of like inner child work and I was shedding a lot of things. A lot of emotions were coming up. It was right around winter time and it was so dark and gray and it's very like British UK weather in France, the northwestern part of France for winter. And I just, I had never experienced anything like that. When I imagine it now, is was like a dark hole. I remember feeling like I was in a dark, dark hole and I didn't, it wasn't the dark hole that like you're depressed and you're scared that you're never going to get out of and like having suicidal ideations. Cause I'd had that in the past. This was different. This was like, I know I need to be here in this position because something is coming on the other side. Like something I can't even imagine. Like I just had that feeling. I wasn't scared of it. I just let it happen. I let it come. While working with Kim, I had a couple other sessions with her. And right around that time as well, I was trying to figure out a job because the relationship had pretty much ended at that point. We tried and we did a lot of work, but once I started to do the inner work on myself, I just became a totally different person. And the relationship just couldn't keep up, period. And it wasn't anything super negative, it wasn't like anything happened. It just was like I ended up in a different place mind, body and spirit. And it just I couldn't go back to that old version of myself. And that relationship equated to the old version of myself. So anyways, I um, ended up that springtime, like last spring, I really came through the other side. And I felt like I had shed a layer of myself. I felt like a snake that had shed its skin. I just felt like, okay, wow, I feel totally different. And what I was saying before, I think I cut my own self off, was that I had been applying to jobs because I had thought maybe, maybe if I get a job, like I won't, you know, be so idle all day. I won't be in my thoughts, blah, 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 blah. So I started to apply to jobs and I felt miserable about that. I felt like, what is my purpose? Like, I don't want to be a nurse anymore. I'd started to do the work with Kim as well, which was more focused on the feeling and getting out of my logical, analytical brain. And so I was really focused on the feeling of these jobs and everything felt like shit. And I was like, man, what am I going to do? And so I had gone back to traveling. I was just like, maybe something in the traveling world. So I had applied to a job in Saudi and logically it all made sense, right? It was free lodging. It was like money. It was nursing. It was a new experience. It would be fun. There was something that was also just like, no, you don't want to do nursing anymore. Like if you do this, you're not going to leave space to find your real purpose in life. So I kind of left it up to the universe and then I had the interview with the nursing director at the hospital in Saudi and it was an immediate no. Her energy was so wrong, so shitty. I don't know who peed and her cornflakes or whatever that saying is that morning, but wow, she came at me with some weird energy and I was like, okay, thank you universe. Thank you God for that sign. That's a clear hell to the no. No, 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 no. Thank you for your time. I will not be accepting your offer. That was a big no for me. And that was the first time I made a decision and didn't look back, was like crystal fucking clear, not doing it, period. And I felt so good in that decision. And it was because I was doing the inner work. I was like figuring out what felt good to me. So made that decision. By this time, I, you know, springtime's rolling around, I'm feeling much better. And then life coaching kind of found me. Through the work that I was doing, it just plopped into my vicinity, I started doing research on it. And everything was just a yes, 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 yes. So I went ahead and I got master certified in life coaching to learn that that basic skill, I knew I wasn't going to be this like standard life coach, like nothing about that resonated with me, nothing. But I knew that there was something underneath that I was like, okay, this is a really valuable skill. And this skill changes lives, like just that active listening skill, period can change someone's life. So I was like, let me get this skill down. And then let me see where it goes. So I started off as a transformational life coach, sat with that for about a month, and then that didn't feel right. And then I ended up in a business consultancy with Marley, not my dog, uh, Marley Rose Harris, she has her own business consultancy. And um, And through working with her, I realized my intuitive gifts, like what I've been honing in on, that's it. That's the key. That's what I want to teach people because that's what changed my life. That's what shifted my whole mindset. That's what brought me to this place that I'm in now of just complete centered, happy, calm. Nothing really shakes me off balance. And if it does, I'm able to come right back, right? So all that happened. And I mean, it's been about a couple well, it's been about two or three years. And so I have just really been loving life coaching. I It is my purpose. It is my passion in life. I love my job. I love my life. I'm so happy. I've never in my entire life, I cannot tell you guys, I have never been able to say that and really mean it. And now I come from a place where I truly, truly mean it. In every cell of my being, I love my life. Even the hard shit because I know that there's a lesson in it. And I know that I'm going to learn it. And I know that I'm going to be a better person for it, period. So all that to say, like, this is kind of just my introduction to you guys. I hope that sheds a little bit more light on like my background. It's a very general view. I, like I said, I'm definitely going to do a little bit more of a deep dive into certain sections of my life, because there's a whole lot of juicy information, a whole lot of guidance that I can give you guys cuz I know that what I've gone through in life there's a million people out there that have dealt with something very similar right so that is the whole point of this podcast that is the whole point of what I do I'm here to share and to be a guide and to help you guys through whatever it is you need help with and so in saying that I just I love you guys so much and thank you for all the support you can check out my Instagram you can check out my website it's www.carolinepenix.com I offer free one on one discovery sessions, I offer 12 week one on one coaching packages. And also I'm offering right now a free workbook that's all about realignment. So if anything that I mentioned to you, because all of that was describing basically someone who was out of alignment, if any of that resonates with you get the workbook, because it's a good starting point. It's a good little educational booklet. It's got fillable things that you can type right into. I have resources that I use, and then obviously just information and education on that as well. And I also want to say that I have a purpose workbook. So helping find your passion, helping find your purpose on my website. And it's the exact steps that I took to find myself as a life coach and to find my purpose and my passion in life. So that is available. It's all there, guys. Go to my website. Check it out. I'm going to leave everything in the show notes. And like I said, I love you guys all so much. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. The support means everything. And so I'm so excited and be on the lookout for episode two. Bye, guys.